0: Welcome to Reliance's Sunday sermon. Worship with us at eight, nine thirty, or eleven o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message.
1: We are going to be in First Peter chapter one for a few moments. So go ahead and turn there. Um, excited to be able to share with you guys today. Hopefully, the voice uh, 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 hangs out and stays up with encouragement. Not true. Little Saturdays, and I was yelling at our boys like crazy on Saturday. All encouragement. Not true, a little bit of discouragement, mostly encouragement, but uh, we're going to get through it today, so uh, hopefully we hang on to it today. All right, um, that how do we go after the days ahead? How do we take the days ahead and how do we go after, what's it mean to fight the good fight of faith in the days ahead? And so over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about a couple of things from being a blessing culture, that what's going to take, take us into the days ahead is that we're not going to be a cursing piece of the world gets, we speak blessing, Amen. Amen. And so we're going to be a blessing culture. And then we talk, we talk about fight the fight with light, that God's people in these days ahead are going to be people who shine brighter and brighter and brighter, okay? So that we're not going to get dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. We're actually going to get lit up more and more and more. And so we're going to, that's how we're going to broach the days ahead. And then last week we talked a little bit about what that yes means. If I'm going to shine for the Lord, what's it look like? And like, nope, you're not done. I thought we were done. I was like, I was ready to kind of move on, and the Lord was like, nope, you're not done. And one of the things that really started getting uh, burned in my heart this week was that in the days ahead, one of the ways that we're going to take on the days ahead is through this word refinement. Everybody say refinement. Refinement. And I'm going to tell you right now, God's been doing a work in me with this. And I'll tell you why. It was stirring in my heart this week. It's going to sound very trivial. You're going to be like, you're a moron, Aaron, right? It's going it's, it's to sound very trivial, but... <clears throat> out of all the things going on in the world this seems so insignificant to those things Um, but however there was this little irritation this week where the Lord is showing me some things and um, this little irritation the Lord is doing a heart work in me how many guys know the Lord is really good at showing you where you're soft at yeah and he was like you are a dough boy in this Aaron right like, I am soft in this, and, 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 and not just soft, but he's not just showing me my softness in this, but my, my, my entitlement in this as well. And so, I'll just kind of give you the real quick version of it. We were getting new countertops put in, they cracked it in six places. And I was like, well, What are you going to do? And he's like, um, He goes, Hey, I'll fix that for you. I was like, Awesome. So, like, you just disconnected our sink, disconnected our dishwasher. He goes, Well, you're going to be without a sink and dishwasher for the next five or six days. I'm a country boy. That doesn't bother me, right? I'm gonna be just fine with that, it's no big deal, right? So I thought, and then all of a sudden, my American in me came out, right? And I'm like, we're on like day three right now, and to get a drink of water, I've gotta go to the bathroom. Let me in. And it's causing tension. Doors are, you know, everybody's in the bathrooms. I'm like, I just want a drink! Let me in. And it's causing tension in the house. And then came the realization that, you know, a house of six, four kids, they may. So my wife, whom I love dearly, and we're like, how are we gonna wash these dishes? we I have a dishwasher, we I going have a sink. And so my wife, whom I love dearly with everything in my being, says, hey, I've gotta go run some errands. I need you to do the dishes, all right? <clears throat> I struggle with loading the dishwasher, FYI. Um, so, so I was like, ah, okay, where am I gonna wash these at? And I was like, ah. Uh. So I get all the dishes, I put them in a the laundry basket, I take them out to our front yard, okay? I kid you not. I lay this big old, I'm scrubbing dishes in the middle of the yard. Some of them are going, I knew it. They can't, they, they're Amish now. They don't have electricity. They don't got running water. They're Amish now. Christy's in the back turning butter, whatever. But the whole time, I'm like, I'm, I'm washing it. And then all of a sudden, I'm starting to get frustrated. And I'm like, I can't believe that we don't have a dishwasher and a sink. And, you know, just this entitlement softness comes out. And the Lord just, Right comes down with the hammer and he, and he starts showing me some things specifically the word refinement and all of a sudden he goes man think about how the rest of the world lives and you know how we are with the Lord I'm like but I don't live in the rest of the world right <laughs> but I'm not kidding you he brings it heavy on my heart this word of refinement and he goes you are soft man You are so soft, and I'm sitting there, and this word refinement is burning in my heart that when things don't go my way, or what I want, or how I planned, or that I shouldn't have this comfortability in things, man, I just, I start getting mad, and critical, and angry, and so the Lord is using this thing, and he's going, you need refinement in your life, so I start praying into this, this week, and I'm out there, and I'm just like, Lord, refinement, like, It's a big deal to, do you know that refinement is a big deal to the heart of God? It's a huge deal to the heart of God. Let me ask this, who likes refinement out there? Anybody like refinement? Yeah, smart people, all right? Like refinement, here's the definition of what refinement is. The process of removing removing impurities and unwanted elements. Who wants that? Refinement is the process of removing impurities and unwanted elements. Actually, refinement is a beautiful, beautiful thing because it takes something of value, like gold or silver or whatever it may be, and it actually makes it more valuable. That's what refinement does. It takes gold and it removes the impurity and becomes more valuable or silver or whatever it may be. And so it's actually a beautiful, beautiful thing. Here's the problem with refinement. The process is brutal because it requires pressure, and in most cases, fire. For it to be refined, you're gonna have pressure and fire applied to it. I'm just gonna confess something to you today. I confess, I've been a pastor for 20 plus years now, uh, most of it here with you guys, and in that time, most of my life, I like to stay on scriptures that I really, really like. I like scriptures like you will be blessed. I like still think those things are for us. I like these things, and FYI, I still love those things and still think those things are for us, yet lately the Lord has had me on the hard stuff. I have no idea why, but every time I open the Word, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to be at? He's taking me to Job. I'm like, I don't want to do Job. I don't want to be on Job. I want to go, blessed are the, you know, take me there. And every time I've just been stuck in Job, and I'm processing through with Job's life, and I'm like, man, I am a complainer like Job. I need refinement in my life. I really, truly do want want to be able to talk to you guys about green pastures and still water and all the things that give us goosebumps, but I think the Lord doesn't have us in a time of green pastures and still waters. I think that we're closer now than ever before to crystal seas and golden streets. And I think because of that, I'm challenging my heart that, yes, let's talk about green pasture still. Let's talk about still waters. Let's talk about those things. But let's talk about how to get our hearts prepared for the next thing, for the coming of the King. Amen? And this is what's been burning on me. And I'll tell you why this is so important to me. We came out of 2020. Everybody did. We're like, that was brute fire, right? 2021 is going to be so much better. And the Lord goes, <laughs> refiner's fire, right? <laughs> Heats up 2021, and I'm going, okay, 2020, br- 2021, brutal. Okay, 2022, 2023, surely it's gonna get better. And I'm just telling what the Lord has been positioning my heart for. I don't think that we're in a season of refining anymore. I think we're in the last leg of the race in the refinement. I think that this refining work that the Lord is doing is not for a moment so that 2023 is gonna be a really good year for us. I don't think the Lord is trying to get us to 2024 and go, now go live your best life. I think those days are over, my opinion. I think the Lord now is going 2022 and 2023 and 2024 and 2025. All of this are going to be refining years for when that that sky cracks open and I come back. I think we're in the refiners last season, whether that's 100 years or 10 years or 20, it doesn't matter to me. I think we're in in the refining time now. The way that the Lord was showing me was like a race. How many guys were ever 400 runners? It's the stupidest race on planet Earth, all right? It's a dead sprint. So if you're a distance person, you're like, this stinks. If you're a sprinter, you're like, this stinks, right? So, so you start off, and you come straight out of the gate. When you become a believer, it's like that 400. I mean, you're out of that blocks, that first 100. It's everything you got. Then you hit the backstretch, and I think this is where we've been. And in the backstretch, you pace yourself just pace myself. You good? I'm with as long as I'm with everybody else. As long as I'm with everybody else. I'm pacing myself. Don't want to get too far ahead, don't want to lag too far back. I just want to be with everybody else. And then you hit that corner and everything in your mind in that corner says, you've got you've got you got to hit this corner hard and that last 100 is everything you have. And that last 100 when you're coming around, everything burns. <laughs> Your chest burns, your legs burn, your mind is burning. Everybody's clapping. Come on, come on. You're like, shut up. (laughs) And you're coming down that home stretch, and you're burning and there's nothing left. But you know that there's the finish line right there. That's where I think we're at. We're coming around the corner and we're hitting that last hundred and everything's about to burn by the refiner's fire. And he's going, it's right there. There's the finish line. This is where I believe we're at, church, and why I think this is such a critical time for us. And I don't have any idea. If you say, so you think it's coming soon? Yes, because Jesus said it's coming soon, right? So he says we're in the end times. That's what he said 2,000 years ago. So I have no idea. His timeline is different than mine, right? Whether it's 100 years or 10, better. I think we're in the refiner's fire. And it's a beautiful thing. And here's where there's a Daniel and the lion's den, this word refinement over and over and over again, whether it's Daniel and the lion's den, or whether it's Joseph, or whether it's Jonah, or whether it's the prophets, or whether it's New Testament disciples, whatever it is, you see this constant thing about refinement, or God's people in the desert, where they're supposed to enter the promised land, and because they were disobedient and they weren't gonna trust him, they've gotta wait it out for a generation to die off, and so, so that they're 40 years in the wilderness, they're being refined, do you trust me now? Do you trust me now? Do you trust me now? And finally, they get to enter into their promise with the fires of refinement. Before we get to enter into that promise, he's forging us with the fires of refinement. And I use that word forge. How do we forge in the fires of refinement for the days ahead? Make or shape by heating it in a fire or furnace, beating it or hammering it. Sign me up for those days. To make or shape by heating it in a fire or furnace and beating it or hammering it. Listen to me, church, today. I I believe the realization is the closer we get to the man with fire in his eyes, that's Jesus, the more he's purifying his bride for his day is coming. The promise of eternity with him takes the process of refinement through him. I'm going to say it again. The promise of eternity with him is gonna take the process of refinement through him. In other words, if you want the promise, you gotta receive the process. Young people, I wanna speak to you for a minute. If you want the promise, you've gotta receive the process. I know in our generation today, it's easy. You grew up in a generation where you just get things the way you want it. You just get it. We're in that generation too. I'm just telling you right now that the the God of the universe has you in a place where he's processing some things in your life. So here's the deal. I believe this so strongly because 1 Peter 1, if you guys have your Bibles, verse 3, says these words. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Amen? Amen because God raised Jesus from the dead, now we live with great expectation. He doesn't say we live with great fear. He doesn't say we live with great anxiety. He doesn't say we live trembling and worried about what tomorrow's gonna bring. He says we live with great expectation. And we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept for you in heaven, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation which is already to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Yes and amen, church. So, verse six, be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. (laughs) I love the words of the Lord. He's mixing something in there. He's about to say something. There's wonderful joy ahead right? And here's why he says ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. How many of you guys know that a little while to God is different than my a little while? A thousand years is like a day unto the Lord. A day to the Lord is like a thousand years. And I'm going, oh Lord, that's not my little while. For a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. I think this is where we're at right now. Faith that we're able to fake anymore. Genuine, authentic faith, and no longer placating a faith that we're able to fake anymore in life. I think we're at a place now, and we've talked about this a lot in here, where he's he's erased to mean that you can't have a genuine faith and have a genuine faith, or you will have no faith at all. And it doesn't mean that you can't have a genuine faith and say what some of the guys say in scripture where they go, Oh Lord, my faith is so weak, but my spirit is willing. Right? Amen. I'm saying this where a lot of times oh lord my faith is so weak but my spirit is willing it's okay i'm saying this where we know in our mindset in our hearts i do like the lord but i really like the world and so i'm really good right here i think that he's bringing the fires to forge us to renew us to refine us to show us whose faith is genuine who's not and it's actually beautiful because if you've ever had those questions in your mind like i think i'm in if he came back i hope i'm in you ever ask those questions to yourself? Like, if the Lord came back, would I go? I think I would. He doesn't want your think you would. He wants your sure and hope and your confidence in him that you will. I know him. I know him. I'm with him. I am confident and assured in this. When he comes, I am his and he is mine. Not your think. I know. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's it is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Verse seven, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You see, church, I think that we're in the process of getting ready. We're in the process of getting ready, Revelation nineteen seven says, "Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory, for the marriage supper has come." Look what he says: "And his bride has made herself ready." The bride of Christ is you and I. The bride of Christ is the church. If you struggle with the language of being the bride of Christ, get over it and get in your Bible. Amen. The bride of Christ is making herself ready to receive the groom, Jesus Christ, when he comes. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright. And pure. This is the kind of language that we're in right now. It is time for the bride of Christ to make herself ready. That's why I don't think we're in a season of refinement, and then we're going to go on to another season, and then later on down the road. I think we're in that last hundred. We're burning, and we're making ourselves pure, for the king is coming. So, Proverbs twenty six twenty three says these words, like silver dross on earthen vessels, silver dross so the way they would refine silver dross come to the top they would scrape off the impurities which is the dross they would scrape it off so here's what he says like silver dross the impurities on earthen vessels you and I are the lips of a fervent one with an evil heart let me tell you what he's saying here many people speak well of God but their hearts are far from him The devotion towards the Lord for many is simply lip service. That's what he's saying. And I believe the time of lip service for the Lord is over. Because he's looking for that genuine faith. And that's why he'll tell us right before that in Proverbs 25, 4. Take away the dross, the impurities from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the refiner. There's a word from Malachi. Malachi. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament before you jump into the New Testament where there's about 400 years between those two. And Malachi prof- prophesies something in Malachi chapter three, verse one, he's speaking on behalf of the Lord. And here's what he says, behold, I, am, I will send my messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. Okay. And that prophetic word is about Lord, but you must be ready. So from that prophetic word is about 400 years before the book of Matthew where Jesus is about to enter in and Malachi's prophesied, locust honey eaten Baptist. So this wild, crazy, camel hair-wearing, locust honey eaten guy comes blazing out of the wilderness and he's not being nice. He's not going, I really want a message that you're going to like, like a lot because I want you to like me, right? John the Baptist is going... I don't even dress like you. That's how unnormal I am. I don't eat like you eat. I eat locusts and honey. I'm weird. Deal with it, right? And he comes stomping out of the wilderness, and these are his words. Prepare the way, make straight the path, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. And all of a sudden, all of these religious folk and all these folk over here that like their tradition is going, we don't know if we like him. Because he's coming in and he's breaking down systems. And he's breaking down walls. And he, he could care less about the religious traditions because he knows that he, the king is coming. Jesus is coming. And so John the Baptist, behold, I will send a messenger and he shall prepare the way before me. Kings would send messengers before them to clear whatever obstacle was, was there out of the way for them to come and visit. And here's what Malachi says then in the next two verses in in Malachi 3.3, and he shall sit, Jesus, the one who's coming, and he shall sit, the one who's coming, the one who's coming will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi. He's gonna deal with the priests first. And purge them as gold and silver, and they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Do you guys know who the priests of the Lord are now in today's day? All of God's people, we are a royal, what? Priesthood. He is going to refine us. He is going to purge us. He is going to get us into a place where at the end of the days, our eyes are fixed on one thing, him and that finish line. He is the finish line. So Malachi's name actually means messenger, that he's going to prepare as a messenger. Malachi's saying he's going to send somebody to prepare the way for the one who's coming to refine you. And those words, so I'm just going to say, and refining God's people's hearts right now in our day and age. So I'm just going to say this, I'm just, I, I believe the word, I'm a Bible guy, everything that I want is going to come from the came with John the Baptist preparing the way and refiner's fire coming on people's hearts. I'm just guessing that when he comes his second time, he's going to come in a refining fire. So that's why I'm saying, I don't think this is a season, I think this is where we're at. He will sit as refiner and purifier of silver. Real quickly, we've, we've shared this in here before, but for those that don't know, I wanna share this process. I read this article before, and I, I like this, how this gal says it, that a gal had called up a silversmith and she wanted to look at the process of what it looked like to refine silver. And she went and watched the silversmith and he had a piece of silver and he put it over the fire and he let it heat up And he explained that in refining the silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest as to burn away the impurities. So not just on the edge, I'm gonna put you in the hottest. And this gal thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. And then she thought again about the verse that he sits as a refiner and purifier of the silver. She was going, wow, the God of the universe who loves eight billion people and wants all of their hearts, amen, he wants every one of their hearts is willing to go as a father. I'm going to put you not just in the fire. I'm going to put you over the hottest part because I love you so much. I want all that stuff to just come up out of you so that you know me. Now he's not done. He's not done. So she's, she's like grappling with this. Wow, he put hottest part. She asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined and the silversmith answered. He not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. I'm telling you, you don't serve a God who's distant from you. You serve the God of the universe whose eyes are on you going, not too long, I don't want you to be destroyed. Not too short, I don't want you to walk away going, I'm good enough. I want you to stay very much into what's happening. See me, I want you to see me. And so he's a God who's very much, very much into what's happening in your life right now. He goes on. He says, the, the woman sat silent for a moment, asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? And you've probably heard us share this before. He answered, that's, that's the easy part. When I can look down in the silver and I can see my image in it. So that's the whole point, right? You heat the silver or the gold, And the the dross, the impurities float up and you scrape them off and you heat it and you scrape them off and you heat it until you look down and you begin to see your image in that silver. And then that's when they know it's pure. And all of a sudden you start locking eyes with scripture of going that you and I would grow more and more and more into his glorious image. That you and I would know him, see him, behold him, reflect him. That's why Romans 8.18 says, for I reckon, I've just decided, Paul's like, I've just, I reckon, I've decided that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. You guys know those guys? There's a lesson from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You guys know those guys? Daniel three. You guys know the story, probably, if not, they wouldn't bow down and worship The the idol that King Nebuchadnezzar wanted to set up, they wouldn't bow down and worship him. They wouldn't bow down and worship the idol. So King Nebuchadnezzar says, throw them in the fiery furnace. So they heat the furnace up seven times more than it's ever been heated up before to where the guards are dying on their way there to throw them in. Throw the three guys in, right? And the gist of it is this. They threw three guys in, but how many guys were in the furnace? Four. There was a fourth man in the fire. And so Nebuchadnezzar is going, I told you to throw three in there. Who's this fourth guy? And scripture says, as they looked at the fourth man, he was as though the son of God. So they realize that the person that's in the fire is who you and I know to be Jesus. That Jesus is in the fire with them. And here's what's so beautiful. From that moment on, they not only did not burn, they didn't smell like smoke, they came out and Nebuchadnezzar makes this edict that says, all the people in his land will worship the God of Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. That no one will ever say a false word against him. He'll be able to stand against her. God is refining his bride that no one will be able to stand against her. God is refining her bride, his bride, that when the day comes, we will stay pure in his sight. Doesn't matter what the world is. But God is refining his bride to remind you that even while you're being held over the fire, that Jesus is with you. You see, God loves you so much that he puts Jesus into our life. And even while we're being held over the fire, Jesus is with us over the fire. I had a really good uh, Bible study a few weeks back with the guys here on Thursday, and one of the guys, good brother, his name's Dave, amazing guy, he shared something that's just been sticking with me over these past few weeks. He said there's a difference between change and transformation. He says change is something that we can do. Okay God in light of this I'm gonna change some things. I'm gonna gonna, gonna change this, I'm gonna change this, I'm gonna change this, I'm gonna change this. I'm gonna give up a little bit of this. I'm gonna change some things. And he goes God's not asking us to change. He goes the difference between change and transformation, change is something we can do. Transformation is something only the Holy Spirit can do in us. God doesn't say, go change your life. He says, go, therefore, and be transformed. So this refiner's fire isn't looking to change a few things in your life. This refiner's fire is looking to transform your life. So I've been reading in this book called Reset by Jeremy Riddle. It's talking about what's going to be needed for the days ahead in worship and church life, church culture. And he says these words. Those whose eyes are on Jesus will not hesitate to do what needs to be done. I just felt this weight. Those whose eyes, those eyes are on, will not hesitate to do what needs to be done. And then he says in Jeremiah 4 1 through 2, Jeremiah says, If you remove your detestable things from my presence and do not waver. Waver, uh, I'm not sure. If you remove your detestable things from my presence and do not waver, here's what he said, blessings and glory will be yours in the Lord. If you want to see a change in the world, just over your own life. I want to just say these words. If we want to see a change in the world, then before we start running in and flipping over everybody else's tables, maybe we need to flip over our own tables. There's a journey of allowing the Lord to refine our own hearts first. So in this, you can put that screen up for me. In this book, he asks a series of questions. Where has my life been in a state of disrepair? Where has my life been compromised? Where has my life been broken down? Where am I addicted to the praise of man? Where am I crippled by the fear of man? where is selfish ambition still lurking in the shadows where is bitterness and unforgiveness and jealousy and offense and gossip and slander etc etc at work within me are there high places in my heart let me just say one thing about high places In the Old Testament high places were these places that nobody really wanted to come up against so new kings would come in and they would clear the temple out of things. Pagan things came in all the time, right? Just things not of the Lord came into there, and they'd be like, "Hey, Lord, we got rid of those things." And He goes, "Okay, great. I want you to tear. I want me to touch those things, but I'm... Oh, God, those are popular. Like, I know you want me to touch those things, but I'm not willing to do that. How many of you guys know we have high places in our in our lives today? Us to touch. We can bring in our lives today. Things that we don't want to touch. Things that we don't want anybody else to touch. We can bring that back up. Are there high places in my heart? Is there sexual sin in my inner chambers? Is my mouth clean or perverse? I want to just leave that up there for a minute, brother. We're going to take some time. We're going to pray through these things. I'm asking you, you can come to the cross and come to the altar. You can turn around. Your chairs make really, really good altars, too. Or you can just sit. It doesn't matter. But I want you to work through those questions. And he's going to put them back up in just a moment. I want you to work through those questions. If you're online, I want you to work through those questions. And begin to just take an account. Nehemiah when he went to go rebuild the wall in Jerusalem, it says he walked around the wall, walked around the wall, and he took note of all the things that he had, he had to rebuild. That gate's broken, that wall's broken, this is what that's gonna need. And he took note of all those things before he could rebuild the wall for the Lord. And today, in the refiner's fire, we're asking, Lord, I need to take note of what's in my heart. And I need to allow the refiner's fire to come in and do a work. It's a process. I'm not gonna get it all done today. God, I want to start today. So go ahead and put those back. This is open. Use your chairs and you sit there. and process. want to you can stand sing this with us we get ready to close that oh. We praise you for your grace today, the grace that doesn't condemn us and the grace that doesn't shame us, the grace that doesn't keep us in guilty stains any longer. We thank you for your grace that sets us free, the grace that refines us and burns out the things that shouldn't be in our life anyways. We thank you for grace. May we not trample on it, though, Father, for our own good pleasure. So Lord, today I thank you for Holy Spirit conviction, but we break the enemy's condemnation. I thank you for Holy Spirit's truth, but we break the enemy's lies. Father, thank you that you're a good father that refines your your kids that you love. So Lord, I pray that we deal with these things in our hearts and know whatever it looks like, we're on that back straight. It's time to run even when the legs are burning. When the breath in us feels like it's burning, God, we're locking eyes with you. Refine us, Jesus. In your name we pray these things. And all God's people said... Amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks
0: for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.